Before we hop into today's episode, I just wanted to say a really quick thank you. Thank you so much for responding to my call to leave ratings and reviews on iTunes and Apple Podcasts in honor of my birthday month, which I still seem, well, I feel really dumb to ask you that, but you have delivered. They've been coming in like they never have before, and I'm so touched by that, and I'm glad I asked for it. And remember, I'm giving back to you too. So each week, I'm gifting one review that was left that week, and at the end of the month, I'm doing a huge gift, and I'll select from any review left throughout the entire month of June. Again, I'm just really grateful for all of those of you who have, so thank you. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 179, Connect to Your Own Creativity Story with Heidi Swap. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to guide you toward living the life you want. Each week, you'll hear interviews and teachings on how to balance self-development with self-acceptance. Listen in and join our community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. In March, I went to a retreat for business women that are also moms, and it was hosted by the Mama Ladder. Krista Lee Beck has been on my show several times, and it was incredible, but the last day really took the cake because of one big reason, Heidi Swap. Heidi was our final keynote speaker, and she blew us all away, not only because that woman, she just has heart and a sense of humor and relatability to boot, but she equipped us with this power we didn't even know we needed to own our own right to create, and that we all have a creativity story where we learn to embrace this right. That wasn't the title of her presentation, but it screamed out to me while I was listening. And you know why? (laughs) It's because I was planning June's theme on creativity. So I basically stalked Heidi like I've never stalked a guest before and I begged her to come on to my show to explore creativity more in terms of a creativity story and she has so generously done this for us and she recorded after a very long day of hosting her own workshops with so much class and take it from another workshop host that is not easy to do so Heidi must really believe in this community and believe in our need to hear this message. Today we are going to chat all about how you have a story and it's a creativity story. You have a relationship with creativity and this relationship is a reflection of how you relate to yourself or how you were taught to relate to yourself. Something surprising about Heidi is she makes her living off of creativity. She was a big time scrapbooker and still is. She revolutionized the business and continues to do so. But Heidi did not identify herself as creative for a long time because growing up, she wasn't allowed to be creative. And she'll explain why in this interview. We want you to leave this episode knowing that you have permission to become a creative person. And I am going to emphasize the word there, become. And you can do that by making sense of your own creativity story. Part of Heidi's story includes her son, Corey. If you follow her at all, you know that almost four years ago, Corey chose to end his life. And Heidi talks about Corey often, and she has her own podcast with his old therapist, David, called Light the Fight. And I adore it. 
And outside of the interview, I asked her to tell me more about how they started this podcast. And I decided to leave that as an excerpt at the end of the episode because I think it is so important for you to hear their message. So stay tuned to after the interview closes and that excerpt will be there for you. You are going to love Heidi, her own creativity story, and how she's going to help you think about your own and how to become that creative person you wanted to be. First, I have to tell you some big news and then we'll jump into the interview. You all, I have been blown away by your support of my next venture that I announced last week that I'm doing alongside my friend and now business partner, Rachel Nielsen of 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms podcast. If you didn't hear, it's Podcast University, also known as Podcast U. And this is where we are going to teach everything podcast related to people who are beginning podcasters, to those who are a little further along in your journey. Our first course is now open for enrollment. It's called Podcasting 101, and I am the primary instructor for this course, but Rachel has been my partner all through it and had her hands in all of it as well. Like I said, enrollment is open for it, and it's only open the rest of June. Podcasting 101 will teach you how to start your podcast from the ground up. When About Progress was created by me, I honestly fumbled my way through the first year plus. I poured in so many hours of research and so much work, and I also made so many mistakes. And I want to save others from too much of either of those, too much time and too many mistakes. Podcasting 101 takes you step-by-step through starting your own podcast. Not only do I know what you need from my own experience, but I have helped consult almost 30 beginning podcasters too. So I hold nothing back in this course. It gives it all to you. In addition to some pretty great perks, including twice monthly office hours where, where Rachel and I will trade off coaching you through all your hurdles. To celebrate our launch of Podcasting 101 and its enrollment, we are hosting a free online class. It's called Three Things You Must Know to Start Your Podcast. I share two big mistakes that I want you to avoid that I made, and then I teach you one thing I really did right that I hope you will do too. If you're not interested in starting a podcast, I totally get that. And don't worry, I'm not going to be talking about podcasts to you all the time because enrollment will only happen every few months, but I'm sure you know someone who is. So can you do me and Rachel a favor? Can you please pass along podcast you to that person? especially this free class. There are no catches there. It's just a free class on podcasting. I have all of that linked in my show notes for you, but you can just go to the website aboutprogress.com slash podcast you. Thank you so much for supporting my dream. Um, I'm a mom. I have, I have five children and um, I'm also a creative Mm-hmm. And um, I have my own line of creative products. And so um, that keeps me pretty busy. So I'm also a, a business owner um, slash brand owner. Between like being the mom and and having a full-time business, that keeps me super busy. Yeah, I'm the breadwinner in, in our family. I'm the one that goes to the job. And my husband... Um, is very supportive and backs me up and um, helps to manage the household issues. Um, and so he he really helps me um, in 
brainstorming and listening. He's very creative and problem solving. And um, we'll be celebrating 25 years of marriage this coming December. We've been together for a long time. So he's a, you know, he's a big part of everything that I do. And um, okay, so I live in Utah. I've kind of, we've lived all over. We've lived in Utah and Arizona. We've lived in Canada. We've lived in China. Wow. Um, And, you know, if I were to describe me, I would say I'm just like totally non-routined. I'm spontaneous. I'm not organized. um, (laughs) But I don't like to, I I don't like to let one second go to waste. So Mm -hmm. I'm always, (laughs) I'm always just making the most out of out of every day. Definitely. I got to hear more firsthand um, on a retreat that we, that I was at. And a big part of your message was this undercurrent message of sharing stories, our own stories. And what I was hoping we could hear from you is your own, own creativity story, because that seems to be such a big part of who you are now, but also, um, I want, you know, how you became that person. This you, you called yourself in the beginning a creative. So let's start back a little bit more at the beginning here for, for, for you and your creativity story. Did you always identify as a quote-unquote creative? Or is this something that you had to develop your own story and grow into? <laughs> this is a really, this is a really interesting part of my story because the answer is a big, fat no. <laughs> yes. Um, I I didn't so surprising. Feel, I actually didn't feel allowed to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, growing up, my my grandfather was a professional artist, and for whatever for for whatever reason, my dad was really resentful of that. Um, my dad felt like I need I needed to have a skill that was marketable. And art was not that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was really directed away from anything art. I was told not to take art classes, that we don't have time for that. And I was very much um, led to a, a skill. A, and um, at that time, all growing up, I really wanted to go into the medical field. So I started to... Um, to realize that I had, um, I had really kind of creative, a creative pull. And, um, it really started to kick in when I became a mom. Um, now outside of that kind of creative pull, scrapbooking was a really big part of my family. Um, so everybody had scrapbooks and everybody scrapbooked. And so there were scrapbooks on my mom's side of the family, scrapbooks on my dad's side of the family. There were scrapbooks about me when I was little. When I was 12 years old, my, I have a little brother who passed away when he was six. Mm-hmm. And part of our family healing, my mom healing, was scrapbooking my brother's life. And so I, like, scrapbooking was just it just was what we did. It wasn't even considered creative. It wasn't considered unusual or artistic. It just is what we did. Mm-hmm. And so 
even when I was a teenager and first married, I scrapbooked everything. And I loved yeah. it. It was just my it was just my little hobby, what I did. And I didn't you know, this was before there was actually products for scrapbooking. It was just really, I mean, hilarious when you look at my old scrapbooks. But um but when my kids started coming, I started to take photography classes and discovering creative products and I just was obsessed. I loved it. And it became my social outlet. So I would get together with other moms. We would stay up all night scrapbooking, you know, the story. And it sort of started to take over my life. I got invited to teach classes. I got invited to write articles for magazines. I won a contest. I got invited to be an author for a book for scrapbooking. And then um, around 2000, I got invited, I got asked to come and be a product designer and creative director for a scrapbooking company. And seriously, I didn't even know what that meant. <laughs> so, so I didn't have any skills. I didn't have any training. I just liked to do it. And I, um, I was an, kind of an outside the box thinker naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just was given these opportunities to share my ideas. And it was at a time where scrapbooking was growing so fast. All I had to do was say the ideas and poof, like we would make them happen. And when blogging happened, my creativity really started to um, to blossom. And really creativity for me, um, I... I, I just, my joy in the creativity comes in sharing my ideas. So when a good idea comes, I just can't wait to share it. Yeah. And so um, that's always really fueled. And, and so like then all of a sudden down the road, here I was traveling all over the world, teaching scrapbooking classes that, um, that were very much like, yes, hands-on, but also this inspirational, like, you guys, your stories matter. Mm-hmm. And take the time to do this and and think about it. And um, really teaching how important our stories are. And I started to just be able to teach this um, concept and people were connecting with me and my story. And so when I would share on my blog or in a magazine or in a book, when I would share my stories, people would connect and they would feel like they knew me. And um, it was it was so unexpected and especially for in my in my marriage. Like at that time my husband had a regular job and he was running his family business and he was kind of expecting, we were both expecting that he was going to run his company and do his job and I was going to take care of the house and the kids. And then I just kept getting these opportunities that I was excited about and I didn't want to turn away and I was curious about. And he saw that it made me light up and how my talent was kind of evolving. Yeah. 
And, and he also didn't want to stifle that, but it became really hard to have little kids and I'm traveling to Australia and he's trying to take care of little kids and work. Mm -hmm. And, um, and there really became a time in our marriage that we didn't know how, how to make it work. And, And it was hard for me to kind of follow this creative push and the opportunities and him to kind of fulfill what he felt like was his responsibility and also his passion. And, um, it, it was, it was a challenge and, um, it, it caused, it it took us to kind of, it, it, it pushed us to the very, like, Mm -hmm. um, in this part of our relationship, wondering if if we could if we could coexist and yeah. and um, and then we once we kind of got to that really far push where we we're looking at each other, asking if you know what was more important and did we have to choose? And um, I wasn't who he thought he was marrying anymore. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't know I had these talents and desire. And, um, and when we got to kind of that breaking point, when we had to have like that hard discussion, like, are we going to stick together? Are we going to make this work? I remember us both choosing to say, yeah, Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to choose to stay. And it has been like both of us sacrificing, working together, figuring it out every single day. But I think what what's really interesting, and I think the creative piece of this is that we couldn't just do it how we thought it was prescribed. Yeah. We had to look at this and say, what is best for our family? And mm-hmm. what is best for me individually and what is best for you individually and how can we make this work? I'm so, I will say that I'm so thankful that I allowed myself to explore my talents a little Mm -hmm. bit because there was just a lot of stuff there that I, that as a newlywed or as a 25 year old newly married woman, I had no idea existed. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Have you had good intentions to teach the gospel more purposely in your home? Well, for all my listeners who are of Christian faiths, I'm going to introduce you to an affordable online program that helps you actually follow through with those good intentions. For only $5 a month each week, this amazing program called Come Follow Me FHE will send you one main Christian-centered lesson and five additional optional lessons, handouts, uh, coloring pages, and other activities. Again, that's each week you get all of that for only $5 a month. For those of you who are of the LDS faith in particular, these lessons match up with the Come Follow Me curriculum, which is currently based out of the New Testament right now. It's taken a lot of guesswork out of the equation for me as I teach my own family, and it's mixed things up too, which my kids really appreciate. 
To sign up, you can go to comefollowmefhe.com. That's comefollowmefhe.com. You know, I'm thinking about my listeners who are probably in that space now, or maybe they're in that blossoming phase that you're talking about, where it's both this awakening of recognizing this half of yourself that was untapped and waiting to be explored and to blossom, like you said. Um, And then there's this other half of the equation where it's not what you expected or not what your spouse or your family expected. And it's difficult too in its own right. And what I've learned from you, Heidi, is we each have our own creativity story, our story of our own uh, awakening to our own ability to create. For those people who are in that space, what would you say you wish you had known then? I think the most important thing is that you don't have to do it like anybody else. You don't have to do life like anybody else. And I think that we kind of look around maybe at our family, maybe how we were raised, or we look at maybe somebody that we admire or maybe somebody who is a leader in our life for one reason or another, and we pattern our lives, right? And we think, okay, well, they do this type of vacation, so that's what we're going to do. Or... Um, they've had this many kids. This kind of car. This, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's easier to follow a pattern. In fact, mm-hmm. our brains love patterns because we don't have to think and we don't have to put energy out there, right? But it's so okay to to do it differently mm-hmm. and to do what works for you and to allow yourself to kind of envision a different path. And and I'll use one example that that this was kind of an, an eye opening experience for me. And um when my son passed away, I um I just I felt completely like annihilated. Mm-hmm. And I had to, um, we had to plan a funeral. And this was like my worst nightmare yeah. ever. The situation, I couldn't imagine it be any worse. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to have to think about the funeral, they started to show me like, okay, so here's a couple choices for the program. And here's your choices for the casket. And here's your choices for the headstone. And this is, here's a, here's an outline of a typical funeral. And this is normally, here's the check boxes. And I looked at it and I hated every ounce of it. I hated everything about it. And I didn't want to check those boxes. And I hated the programs and I hated the caskets and I hated the outline and I hated the gravestone. Like I hated everything. And, mm-hmm. and I had like, I had nothing in me to, to give. Like I was, I was so sad and I was so heartbroken, but I was not going to follow 
some rutted out funeral path. Mm-hmm. And so hmm. I found, I don't know how I did it. I will tell you that. I don't know how I did it. But I found a little creative spot inside myself and I came up with my own program and I designed it how I wanted it. And I dressed Corey how I knew he would want to be dressed. And I decorated the room where we were doing the viewing in his animal shirts. And I, and I invited the people who were coming to write notes on his casket. And I, I invited people to wear vans and animal shirts to the viewing. And I did not follow one criteria. And my parents were like so annoyed that I was not just picking a headstone right Mm -hmm. there on the spot. Like Mm -hmm. I wasn't checking all the boxes. And some of the people at the funeral home, they were like, Mm -hmm. well, no, let's just go ahead. Let's just look through this catalog. And I was like, no. And it took me three years to figure out what I wanted that headstone to look like. And I remember, even though that day was awful, everything was awful about it. I had so much satisfaction that I did it my way. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love to give permission to everybody to just do it their way. Yeah. And that, that goes for inside your house. It goes for your bedtime routine. It, you know, you don't have to do it anybody else's way but but your own. And, and at first I, man, when I was younger I had all this guilt because I wasn't doing it like my mom. Mm-hmm. And she was annoyed at me because she was like, Heidi, you got to give baths and then bed and then, you know, like, and I, and I just couldn't follow her routine. And, um, that made me who I was. And I think that it doesn't matter if it's cooking or cleaning or how you're connecting with friends or celebrating holidays. I think it's totally fine if you're following traditions and following patterns. And if that feels great and that fulfills you, awesome. But if it doesn't, there's no right or wrong way to have Christmas morning, you, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that there's so much joy in just letting your ideas come to life. So much joy. Mm-hmm. Even in a funeral. Yeah. Well, as you were describing that scene, what I see is a woman who is trying to give a gift to her child to really I, honor I, him. Yeah. yeah, in a very personalized way that only a mom could who really knew that child. I don't, you know, I'm I'm sure some people could see that as not an not an excuse to talk about creativity it's that's not that it's a deeper it's this is a deeper well of love and in giving what, that 
to him. That's yeah. what your creativity is. Mm-hmm. Your creativity is your gift to your people. Mm-hmm. And your gift to this world. And um, I talk to lots of people who say, I'm just not creative. Yeah. And, and, you know, I will tell you right now, I don't, I don't, you'll notice I said I was a creative, but I do not consider myself an artist Mm -hmm. because I cannot draw like, I cannot draw, I cannot paint, I cannot, like, to me, like, that is an artist. And so I have told myself my entire life that I wasn't an artist. But but the reality is you don't have to be, you don't have to be an artist to be creative. You don't have to be creative to be an artist. You don't have to be creative to express yourself. Yeah. And it's just so empowering when you'll allow that to happen. So many people are afraid it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to come out how they want. It come out kind of messy. It might come out um, awkward and you might not even like it when it comes out. And <laughs> a story of my life. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that I feel the most fulfillment when I'm being creative when I'm using that little that little imagination piece in my brain where I'm envisioning things and thinking outside the box rather than trying to think oh what would that person do or maybe Mm -hmm. I should do it like that Um, and another thing oh I was gonna say Heidi I think a thing that holds a lot of people back is what am I supposed to do sure Sure. You know, I mean, may- maybe based on the way of other people live, but also more of this like divine, what am I meant to do, supposed to do, but they're just hijacking <laughs> what they can actually do if they think outside the box. That's the phrase that keeps coming up in our conversation tonight. It's think outside the box for your life. Well, and like I said, it it is easier to just, to just mm-hmm. kind of follow the crowd. And there's areas in my life that I feel very, very non-creative. So food. And the most 1,000% non-creative food person ever. <laughs> it's like I a don't. relief to hear that. I mean, there's a balance to this, right? I don't. I don't love food. I don't get excited about food. And so I don't put any creativity into food. I make like five things. And, you know, and I'm, and, yep. and I'm happy. And when, you're surviving. And, yep. <laughs> um, and so I don't think that the creativity is going to manifest for everybody in the same way, mm-hmm. but everybody will have a way that they're creative. Hmm. And, so, and, and I think that that's good. How, how did you end up deciding then that you were officially a creative? Was there a moment where that, that identity and you merge together? You know, I think that um, it took me a good long time because I got really um, wrapped up into comparing myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is going to sound so stupid, and, but this is real. Like, and you're, you're younger than me, but when I was 
when I was your age, I hate saying that because it makes me sound so old. <laughs> but, okay, so That's I'm okay. 47. Yeah, I'm when like mid-30s. So. Mm-hmm. When I was 30 years old, um, this was kind of when Martha Stewart magazine started to hit. And I was obsessed. And I, lo- I mean, high levels of obsessed with Martha Stewart magazine. Yes. And I worshipped it. Uh-huh. I loved it. And um, to the point that it started to make me feel, started to make me hate because I couldn't do it that good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like I was not creative. I wasn't good enough because it didn't look like it did in the magazine. I couldn't make it look like that with my crappy silverware or my crappy kitchen counter or what, you know, mm-hmm. it was. And, um, me, Martha was the, like, that was the benchmark. That mm-hmm. was creative. If I was her, then I was creative. And, and nothing um, less. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, and so it I understand took me this a really, much took me a really long time to accept my own offering. Um, I got an opportunity to go be on the Martha Stewart show with my team. And we got there and Martha Stewart was in prison. And so we didn't get to meet (laughs) her. Okay. And um, they took us all through the studios, we got to see all the creative places, we got to meet all the people that made Martha Stewart magazine happen. Uh-huh. All the different like prop rooms and I mean it was amazing. My mom was blown. I wanted to like quit my entire life and get hired. Um I think I finally realized that that it that I wasn't going to be equal to five hundred people. Yes. But we're working there to make it happen. <laughs> yep. You're on your way. And um, and when we got there, they were really interested, like the people who worked there, were really interested in us and what we were showing them and um, asking us all kinds of questions and being excited about what we were showing them. It was so important not to compare yourself with other people's outcome and can, and instead get to know their stories and get to know those yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then thrive in the connection with those mm-hmm. creative people and other creative people. It's so easy and it's only gotten easier. I don't care who, who you sit down with, you know, you'll find out that they haven't cleaned their, toilets in three weeks or yeah. three months or yes you know everyone's got problems one yes. of the hardest things for me and this and this will sound silly too people used to always say to me oh I bet your house is so cute I bet you decorate your house so cute because they knew like they looked at my scrapbook pages or my my um creative projects and they'd be like oh that translates to this beautifully decorated house and um, spoiler alert, I'm not a, a home decorator. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not my gig. Uh-huh. And so then I would feel so much shame 
because of what I was afraid they were thinking that my house looked like, but I knew that it wasn't. And I was on, like, wading waist deep in me just feeling like I wasn't measuring up people's expectations. And so, you know what I did? Is I just started to get really real. Yeah. Because I couldn't carry the weight of people's expectations. Hmm. It was easier for me just to say, this is the real me. And look at how messy and how small and how disorganized my epigram is. So stop imagining that I've got this fantastic, magical fairyland of a scrapbook room. It's just as small and cramped and messy as yours. Yeah. (laughs) And that's that's just the reality. So for people who are trying to think outside the box for their life and their lives and their own creativity, I just want you to end with this. Uh, final question. Why is it all worth it? Why is it worth doing all of those things? Thinking outside the box, seeking ideas, sharing them, looking for things that light you up and connecting. Why is it all worth it? Honestly, I think that's the only place you get filled up. Mm-hmm. We, we all, <laughs> we all fill the voids, right? The emptiness. Mm-hmm. And and it it could be like a little bit of loneliness because we're kind of like craving adult interaction or real friendships or um or just needing a break or or whatever. Like every human, everybody out there has a void, a little emptiness that that needs to be refilled. It's a consumable, right? I get real focused on on it certain achievements and I always think that an achievement is going to fill that void but I'm here to tell you that even when there's money and a vacation and clothes and whatever else you're trying to fill that with nothing is going to fill it like connection like really connecting with somebody. And that comes in sharing and in being real and in not feeling like you're alone and helping somebody where they need help. That's the only thing that fills the void. And so great vacations are fun and new outfits are great. And and I love all those things. But we have to be really honest with ourselves that true connection is the only thing that fills that void. And that connection needs to be first with ourselves. I think it needs to be with our creator. It needs to be with our partner and our family. And then it can be with our, our community, whether that's a real life community or an online community. But connection is everything. And the only way that happens, the only way that happens is through that vulnerability. Realizing that you need that you need it and being willing to be open enough to give it and receive it. I think that is definitely a, another way to define creativity. It's vulnerability. And you've done that yes. for us. 
today. Yeah, Heidi, you you do this all day, every day, it seems like from my point of view. But I want to thank you <laughs> for doing that so we can learn from you and join in with you on that path to really trying to connect deeply with who we really are and in turn share that with others so that we help each other and that we're connected in true Absolutely. ways that are going to make a difference. So I just want and to, again, thank you. Thank you for your vulnerability and you putting yourself out there and you staying up late and editing and doing the things you do because <laughs> you. you, you constantly reminding women how, what, what gems they are and they don't have to be perfect. And yes. it's not, a, you know, <laughs> you, your message is powerful. And so I want to thank you for being one of the voices thank that goodness. just uplifts and inspires. Thank you, Heidi. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I have to write that one yeah. in my journal tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> it. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. I am so glad you listened to get the hug and kick in the pants you needed to grow. Let's take your learning to the next level. Print off this month's progress plan that is free by going to my website about progress.com free. Also, join our free and private Facebook group called A Work in Progress via the link in my show notes, which you can also find on my website about progress.com. And best of all, be heard on this show. Be featured on the last episode of each month that is called Dear Progressor, where our listeners really, really shine. To learn how to do this, go to aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. You do have something of great value to share with this community, and we all need to hear you. Thank you so much for being here. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. In 2015, uh, we lost our second oldest son, um, who at the time was 16, yeah. and he um, he made the decision to end his life. Mm-hmm. He took his own life, and um, as you can imagine, uh, that was very devastating for our family. Mm-hmm. And um, as a mom, it just it just pulled. Um, I mean, I won't even say it pulled the rug out. It it just kind of brought down my whole belief system of who I was, and um, so when that when that happened, I still had four kids that I needed to care for, and I still had a marriage, and I still had a business that I needed to provide for my family, but I was not okay. And um, the problem with suicide is that it just it just creates a million questions. And I, I was, uh, I, I started to really delve into trying to figure out what I had done wrong, really, as a, as a mom. And, um, Corey had a therapist when that, that was working with him before he passed away. And this therapist became kind of a family coach for us and for me. David had never actually lost one of his clients or um, mm-hmm. he'd actually never lost anybody that he was counseling to suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it shook him to the core. Mm-hmm. Um, and together we kind of realized that um, our community 
specifically here in Utah has a very, has the highest um, youth suicide rate in the, in the world, actually. Mm. Um, and suicide rates um, are growing all the time, actually everywhere. But we felt really, well, it took me, it took three, well, it took two and a half years before I kind of made the decision that I needed to take what I learned and what people were sharing with me and, and the way I was seeing this situation and I needed to talk about it. And, um, so he and I, um, talked about what we could do for about a year and we tried a couple things, but it was just really hard for me to even articulate any of my feelings. And so, um, it was almost a year ago, just a little bit over a year ago that we pressed record on our first episode, um, of, and it's called light the fight podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, if you, you know, and I, and I tell people to start from the beginning and start listening, even though it's really hard to listen to in the beginning. Cause in the beginning, I just, it was hard for me to find my words yeah. and I was emotional it's raw. And very, it, it's happening in real for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've learned, number one, the greatest thing that I've learned about that podcast was that talking about it is healing. Hmm. Even if you don't know the answers, talking about it is healing. And learning, learning how to talk about it gave me vocabulary that I needed to express the things that I was feeling. And that's one of the biggest challenges that we have in mental health and mental health awareness is that we all kind of lack the vocabulary. We don't know how to talk about it. Um, and so I like with it with a little over a year under my belt and about 60 or so episodes, I, I can say certain words without completely falling apart I have I have um learned how to share my story um so so you have me and David so he's this professional and I am the mom who freaks out and I'm very honest about it and um sometimes when we listen to a professional just talking it can make us feel a little defensive or we can't relate to the professional because we don't feel like the professional. And so in our podcast, I kind of represent the mom who is freaking out, who's mad, who doesn't understand, who is frustrated and trying. And I feel like parents can really relate to me. And then it makes it a little bit easier to learn from David. Yes. Yes. Oh, I think that's the perfect way to describe it. 